Son of God, He is near. He chose to walk with us these tribal trails. Tribal tra Hi and welcome to Tribal Trails. We're here at Dr. Gary Parker. Welcome to the program. Thank you, thank you. I'd like to ask you a question, like a lot of times we see on picture Bibles and also movies that when they're talking about Jesus or we see a picture of Jesus, mm -hmm. we think he's white. Was Jesus a white person? Uh, well, one thing we can say for sure is that uh, Jesus would not have been what we'd call a white person. Yeah. And so he was Middle Eastern, uh, you know, in origin would have probably been, uh, you know, medium brown in skin tone. Uh, which might very well have been uh, the, uh, you know, uh, skin color also of our mm -hmm. first parents, or I maybe should say amount of skin color. Uh, and it's probably unfortunate and confusing, and it can make people kind of feel left out, yeah. uh, you know, if you see just one representation. And sometimes it's not only a matter of skin color, but... Uh, clothing, even hairstyle, you know, and things like that that make you think, well, God's really related to this culture, and, and if I want to believe in God, I need to switch cultures. <laughs> no, uh, God is a God of all people, all times, and all places. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Most interestingly, uh, there is just one major human skin color. We all have it. And so we all share uh, the same skin color. And when I say that, of course, to people, I can see, you know, people in the audience or just people I'm talking to, they say, wait a minute, I know so-and-so, so, you know. <laughs> but it's really different amounts of the same protein, like one, two, three, four coats of paint, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, the protein uh, that gives us our skin, hair, and eye color uh, is melanin, uh, M-E-L-A-N-I-N. -E uh, and it's a relatively simple protein. It's a pigment uh, that, uh, you know, medium amounts of it in small doses would be basically brown. Uh, but if you have, uh, uh, you know, you can have more of it, and it'll be darker brown, you know, and approaching black. If you have less of it, you know, just like thinning out paint or something mm -hmm. like that, it can be very light, you know, tan-like and, and appear white. <laughs> now, uh, a lot of people know uh, the uh, uh, creation evangelist from Australia, Ken Ham. And uh, uh, Ken actually has a point, you know, he says, uh, you know, I'm not a white person. Mm -hmm. Of course, the average person looking at him is, well, sure look like it to me. Yeah. But then he holds up a sheet of white paper next to him. <laughs> so, yeah. If you're ever that white, you know, you're in a casket, okay? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but it, it's interesting going way back. Ken asked me that when we were early in the ministry together. I was ex just explaining uh, how the where different uh, uh, amounts of skin color came from. And it uh, didn't really dawn on I never learned that from books. Uh, I, genetics is one of my major uh, interests in biology. Uh, and it was easy to figure out, but it didn't even dawn on me that nobody ever explained that. It wasn't in the book. And here I was explaining it to a church audience in Australia. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Ken was a science teacher, a biology teacher. He'd never heard that. 
and yet it's really simple. Um, and so uh, uh, the, the exception, by the way, are albinos. Yeah. And they have no skin, hair, or eye color at all. And the worst of those is uh, the no eye color. And so it lets light bounce around in the eye, and, and so albinos would be legally blind. I have two albino friends that, in spite of that, both have desk work jobs where they do lots of paperwork, but they have to work really closely yeah. with magnifiers and all that. Uh, but if you have any skin color, hair color, eye color, it's this protein melanin. Uh, it comes in two forms. God is the author of variety. God really likes variety. Think of the colors of flowers and the yeah. <laughs> different shapes and sizes of animals. He's the master artist as well as the master scientist. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Sing it out, praise the Lord. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And uh, even when he uses a simple paint, so to speak, he gives it a flare. And so uh, melanin or eumelanin uh, grades from basically uh, light brown to dark brown, nearly black, nearly white to nearly black. Phyomelanin. Sometimes when I say things like that about melanin, uh, people of Scotch-Irish ancestry with a lot of red hair, you know, and really yeah. light eye color, you know, well, where do I fit in? Well, there's a, another melanin pigment, phyomelanin. Uh, it uh, occupies the same position on the chromosome, so it's just a variation of the one protein uh, and the one slot, you know, that God originally created. Uh, but that gives grades from red to yellow. And so that introduces, you know, more variety. Uh, the actual uh, color we look is also influenced uh, by uh, how much circulation there is near the skin. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Native Americans, including Cherokees, you know, my, my skin tint would be more reddish brown. Yeah. Uh, in the Orient, it's more of a yellow-brown. Uh, this, the reddish, comes from uh, peripheral circulation near the skin. The yellow from uh, the uh, fat layer under the skin. Mm. And that can be more neutral or give a yellowish tinge, you know. And so that's yeah. another factor. And so, uh, you know, God has ways of making each one of us unique. Yeah. But making it so that we recognize we're just variations of a kind. We're all human beings. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, so the, the melanin, if you have no, if you, something's wrong with the melanin gene, you'll be albino. But if you have it, there are other genes that control how much you have. And so that's a separate uh, uh, entity. You have to have the melanin gene to have any color. But then uh, we'll just call them big and little a, big and little b. Uh, there's actually more controller genes, but just two pairs, just two pairs of controller genes answer most questions that, uh, that people have. 
and so well, let's go back to Adam and Eve. Now, the Bible doesn't say, you know, what skin color our first parents have. So keep in mind, uh, I'm just sharing a possibility. It's not a biblical statement. Uh, but we think about it in terms of purpose. God's purpose for Adam and Eve was to make them, uh, well, Eve calls, is called the mother of all living. And so they're designed to be the parents of the whole human race. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. And uh, sometimes I've gotten in trouble with Christian friends. So I'll say, you know, Adam wasn't necessarily the fastest runner, not necessarily the highest jumper, not even the best math mathematician or, or a, a musician. You know, Eve had all kinds of skills, but she might have been exceeded in some things because I, I had a Christian friend who thought Adam and Eve had all perfect genes mm -hmm. and they were just identical. Well, there'd be no variety. And God really likes variety and, and then suits us to fit together. We've talked about this before, as living stones in the body of Christ, you know, as a church. Nobody can think more highly of themselves than they ought, and nobody can do without the others. If you're really gonna have a living, vibrant, moving, breathing church, you're gonna need all the different parts. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, it, uh, but just from a design point of view, since God's purpose was to make Adam and Eve the, parents of all people would be to start in the middle and I say that as a geneticist because that's where you get the most variation in the least amount of time and so of course Adam and Eve would have the melanin gene for color and so now it's how many controller genes uh, let's just say now again this is hypothetical that Adam and Eve each had a big A little A big B little B and so genes come in pairs and that's and of course that's designed by God. And so children, you get one of each pair of genes from your father, one of each pair of genes from your mother. So you're not an identical twin for either your father or your mother. You're a unique, right from the word go, you know, you're a unique combination right from the very beginning. That, and that's kind of exciting. Uh, so if Adam and Eve were big and little A, big and little B for controlling how much melanin, uh, well, you can do a, a square, um, uh, there's one here, and this is described in that, you know, the building blocks and life science book. And there's pictures of people with different amounts of melanin. And a little chart that shows how these big and little A's and big and little B's will sort out. It looks like a checkerboard. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's uh, four squares on each side. So there's just 16 squares, so it's a little checkerboard. Yeah. <laughs> and not even <laughs> as big as the other. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, a child is going to inherit an A from each parent. Could get a big A from one parent, little A from the other parent. Could get a big A from both parents. Could get a little A from both parents. So right away, there's quite a little bit of variation right mm -hmm. there. Same thing with a B. So they could get one B from one parent, a little B from the other parent. Two bigs, two littles. And so that little 16-sided checkerboard uh, shows all the possible combinations for controlling how much melanin you're going to express. Mm -hmm. And it's, these are say, the hypothetical children of Adam and Eve, Cain, Abel, Seth, their brothers and sisters. Uh, and of course, there are people today. The closest to this condition today is uh, the subcontinent of India. And so people who live in India can be, often are, as dark as the darkest African, 
can be and often are as light as the lightest northern European, mm -hmm. and they can be anything in between. Uh, the medium skin tone of Orientals, Polynesians, uh, Native Americans, and so on, uh, tend to be in the middle. All that's stored in just a couple of controller genes. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at that skin or that chart, you know, we'll say for, for Adam and Eve, if they got uh, a big A from dad and from mom, from Adam yeah. and Eve, and a big B from dad and mom, that's a possibility. In fact, one out of 16 of their children would get all the capital letters, and that would give them the most uh, possible melanin. So here you can have medium parents with medium skin tone, and they can easily have a child that has the most melanin, the darkest possible skin color. But it's just as likely, one out of 16, they got the little a from dad, the little a from mom, the little b from dad, the little b from mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so another child of Adam and Eve would have all the little letters. That doesn't mean no melanin, that just means a little of it. And so they would have the very lightest skin color. Well, of course, it's more likely you get a big and a little, you know, a little and a big and other combinations. So it works out in that square. One out of 16 would be have the most melanin, the darkest possible skin color. Uh, and then you'd have dark, you know, not as dark as black, but more dark than medium, <laughs> mm -hmm. than medium, a little less than half medium, and then light and very light, just in one generation. Yeah. Everything, just in one generation. And of course, the same kind of factors that influence color of the eyes, hair, whether it's straight, wavy, uh, curly, mm -hmm. you know, and ear shape, you know, lips, big, broad, nose shape, all is just, just a few genes can mix and match. And wow, you get more kinds of people possible than the number of atoms in the universe without ever having an exact copy. Uh, here's a beautiful example of what I'm mm -hmm. talking about. As uh, two little girls here, you know, one very light, one very dark. Yeah. And the amazing thing is they are twins. <laughs> We're born at exactly the same time, uh, from exactly the same mother and the same father. Uh, but they show that range of variation that's possible. Uh, and it, it's just stunning. And it, the mystery to me, it's when I first saw a picture like this, it was in a biology textbook as if it was something unusual. Mm. And it's just as ordinary genetics can possibly be, but there's so mis much misunderstanding and prejudice, we can't accept uh, simple facts of observation and science mm. that are telling us the same thing God's Word's been telling us. Mm. And, and it, it's not mysterious. It's not a, a, an occasion for doubt and suspicion and things like that. Uh, that, that's one of the wor one of the many bad things evolution did for us. I think the worst thing is making us think that you can kill babies in the womb because they're not really people, they're fish mm -hmm. or amphibians or ape stage. But maybe the next worst thing is is basing our ideas about other people on the amount of melanin they have. Mm -hmm. It was Darwinism that actually gave rise to racism based on skin color. Mm -hmm. Now, there were people that hated other people, you know, since Cain killed his brother, but uh, it wasn't based on skin color uh, until really evolution made, made that an issue. They were thinking, looking at people in terms of stages of evolution. And um, not only is this disgusting, 
but it's also just absurdly ridiculous scientifically. And so, uh, and Ernst Haeckel, Germany's Darwin, even went further than Darwin did on this. Uh, but uh, there's a disease that used to be called mongoloid idiocy. And it's actually too much of a good thing. A baby's born with an extra copy of the 21st chromosome. But the body is so finely tuned that even too much of a good thing can make things out of balance. Uh, and a, a, a child born with that extra 21st chromosome may have mild symptoms, may have more severe symptoms. Uh, they can grow up to be fully independent adults. One had a TV show <laughs> of their own. Or they can uh, wind up with various degrees of needing help. Um, but it was called mongoloid idiocy for the idiotic reason that they were throwbacks to the Mongol stage in evolution mm -hmm. and that Mongols had only reached the idiot stage of intelligence. And so now it's just called trisomy 21 or sometimes right. Down syndrome, yeah. but it has nothing to do with <clears throat> racism. Uh, and then he fell into the trap of uh, calling, uh, you know, uh, people with a lot of melanin, that's uh, sometimes called blacks, it's really mm -hmm. a dark brown, uh, you know, white man's burden. Okay, and sometimes, and this is sad too, you know, I grew up in the Deep South, there were those that were just, just hated uh, blacks, but there were those who really tried to do everything they could, but in some cases they overdid it. They treated them not really as human beings. They loved them and they wanted to help them, but that's the point. They didn't really need all that. Mm -hmm. They just needed to be people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, and, but it was actually... You know, white Christian men <laughs> become the most hated race in, the, in North America who actually did more to liberate the blacks and treat them as fully human uh, than, than anybody else. And, of course, now they're not given any credit for that. Uh, it was really Darwin. that, And that the worst, though, was Haeckel and the Australian aboriginals. And so, you know, we think African blacks, uh, the people of that descent, get terrible treatment. In the Australian Aboriginals were regarded by Ernst. He published pictures of them and posed them in trees like animals hanging out in trees, like a monkey might. Okay, and he actually stated that they could not be taught to count as high as a horse or a dog mm. could be taught to count. Mm. And so, and then, here's something really tragic and a warning for our time. Where were the Christians when this was going on? And so some of the Christians fell into that trap of accepting that evolutionary, pardon me, nonsense. And so the, the European settlers in the island state of Tasmania in Australia formed a chain across that small island and just wiped out uh, the native Tasmanians. They, they were regarded, you know, like you'd kill off prairie dogs mm -hmm. or wolves because yeah. they were a farm nuisance. And of course there were a few survivors. The last survivor of the uh, Tasmanian natives, a woman named Truganini, her dying wish was, well, now, if you're just an animal that can't count to four, <laughs> why would you have a dying wish? But her dying wish was that when she died, she'd be buried with her people, not embalmed and shipped back to Europe as a displaced specimen for evolution. Mm -hmm. She died, was embalmed, shipped off to Europe as a displaced specimen for evolution. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, that's one of the other things. Of course, Hitler was racist to the core, and he got that from Darwin. Uh, you know, he worshipped Darwin and, and regarded that as the, the power behind his drive for world domination. Mm -hmm. 
And so, oh boy, you know, there are mm -hmm. terrible things that have happened. And it's just a matter of how much of the same skin color we have. Yeah. Uh, and so God has designed it so we're each unique. Uh, now, yeah. when, you, when people moved out, we were talking in one program about the Tower of Babel and how people would yeah. go here and there. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. It wasn't a conscious choice, but say some people that might have moved to, to Central Africa, uh, we would say by chance, would be by God's design, took mainly capital letter genes, so that's all they could pass on to their children, so they come out very dark generation after yeah. generation, which meant they could survive in all that brilliant sunlight. Uh, those that migrated toward uh, Northern Europe, by chance, from the human point of view, by God's design, yeah. uh, behind the scenes, like Jacob and Laban, okay, took the little letter genes, and so they had very light color and could continue to make vitamin D from sunshine, the little sunshine they had, without getting rickets and bone diseases yeah. and things like that. Uh, people that moved into the Orient, uh, basically, if you have two big A's and two little B's, you'll be medium skin. All your children will be medium skin, generation after generation after generation, like the Orientals, Polynesians, Native Americans. And so you can get stuck in the middle, you get stuck at one end or the other, but where people of different backgrounds get back together again, you're back to no more and no less variation mm -hmm. than God built into Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And as the Human Genome Project scientists discovered, there's just one race, the human race, yeah. <laughs> and we're all the handiwork, the artwork of our Creator God. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that... Uh, uh, I really like about working in Australia was the uh, the mission groups that are, are specifically working with the aboriginals over there are doing creation evangelism. And so when they go to a village, uh, you know, they don't start with John 3.16 or something like that. They start with Genesis 1. And so they say, in the beginning, God... Well, that's not a, you know, they understood that already. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and they start talking about this God. And they, you know, they say, you know, woman was formed while man slept. Now, the, the aboriginal story is not the same as a biblical story, but it's interesting. It's the same thing. The man slept while a woman was created, you know. Mm -hmm. it, there, there's an element there. They, they're beginning to relate to this because they're used to missionaries coming with the, you know, the American version of God, the Canadian version of God, you know, the European yeah. version of God, you know. Well, here, they're, these, they're talking about the God of all peoples mm -hmm. right from the beginning. And, of course, they trace their ancestry, you know, back to two people. And it gets even more thrilling as you go on. And then, of course, sin separates us from God.
Well, the Australian Aboriginals uh, have this concept of a dream time that they once lived in close association and fellowship with the God who created them, but they lost contact. They don't know how to get back to that God who created them. And now, here are these missionaries, they aren't telling them about America or Canada or Europe or anything else. They're telling them what separated people from God. It was sin. Oh, that's what it was. Well, what can we do? You know, before that, you know, they talk about how bad sin was and what it did, and it, it brought on the flood. Well, guess what? I've got to see some of the aboriginal pictographs, not all by any means, uh, where they show the boat and the eight people that survived a worldwide flood. And again, it's not exactly the same as a biblical yeah. story. Eight people? That is the same as a cool, biblical yeah. story. And you're talking about people relating to a biblical flood. Some of these people in interior Australia were 10 years old before they saw a raindrop. And they haven't been to the coast. I mean, Australia is a big yeah. beach, but in the middle is a long way from that yeah. beach. <laughs> and yet they, they know, they have to be told what a lot of water in a flood yeah. is, but they have a record of that. And of course now, what do they want? Well, how do I get back to this? This God that created you and me, okay, now they're, they're all identified. They realize they're, they're not talking about some cultural God. Mm-hmm. You know, your God's bigger than my God. <clears throat> no, this is a God of everybody. Yeah. And he's the God we forgot because of our sins separated us from him and brought the judgment of the flood. But, but he didn't leave us. You know, he came to, to deliver us from our sin, to bring us back into fellowship with God. And so they talk about Jesus and Jesus' life. And uh, some of the missionaries have told me when they get to the part where Jesus gets crucified, the village can break out into why would why would they kill the God who's come to save them? <laughs> and then when, of course, Jesus rises again, there's a whole celebration that sometimes whole villages not only convert, they stay converted. They want to find out more about this God. And it's, it's not anybody in particular's God, it's everybody's God. And so once we realize that skin color doesn't separate us, it unites us. It really shows us we come from one father who loves to make each of his children special. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with us today. Jesus, let your kingdom come here. Let your will be done here. In us, Jesus, there is no one greater. You alone are Savior. Show the world your love. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come down. Let your glory. heaven come King of heaven rise up who can stand against us you are strong to say in your mighty name King of heaven come we are children of your mercy Rescued for your glory, we cry.
strong to say in your mighty name, King of heaven come. 